From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, July 27th. A community along the Utah-Arizona border, once known for religious fundamentalism, is now positioned to become a go-to for outdoor recreation. Justin Higginbottom reports for KUER on how the area is changing and what that means for residents. The community of Short Creek, made up of the twin towns of Hilldale, Utah and Colorado City, Arizona, lies at the shrubby base of a red-walled desert mountain called El Capitan. For generations, the dramatic and isolated landscape on the Arizona border has been a refuge for people who practice polygamy. My grandparents moved to the area in the 1940s to get away from the persecution and practice their religion in peace. That's resident Esther Bistline. She belongs to the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or FLDS. We always felt safe. You know, everybody knew everybody else, and there was a lot of trust. In Short Creek, the FLDS had near total control over politics and the economy. And the church held almost all property in a trust. The community always kept the outside world at a distance. But after Warren Jeffs became president and prophet of the church in 2002, he doubled down. He forbid children from attending public school and ordered literal walls put up around homes. So-called God squads patrolled the streets. Ten years ago, Jeffs was sentenced to life in prison in Texas for sexual assault. After that, things changed quickly. Three and a half years ago, Hilldale got its first female mayor. And this fall, the town will have its first wine tour. So this is going to be the winery. That's Cheyenne Oldroyd, the manager of Water Canyon Resort. Down the road, her family owns two rows of modern cabins full of travelers this weekend. We do Cabernet, Sauvignon, um, Barbera, and then Sangiovese. Oldroyd is walking under a relentless June sun. Beside her is a modest vineyard. So directly across the street from the vineyard was Warren Jeff's main home that he lived in. And on his chimney, it says, pray and obey. So it's kind of a cool attraction for people to see while they're in the vineyard. And you can actually see the chimney from the winery. Her family were never members of the FLDS. They moved to Hilldale from St. George three years ago because they loved the area's beauty. They guessed others might too and opened their resort last year. But within the last three to five years, we've just seen so much growth, so much healing for everybody in the community, and so much more of a welcoming presence for anyone who wants to come and visit this area, because they know how beautiful it is, and they want to share it too. And there's a lot to share. There's a popular local hike through Water Canyon where Old Roy's Resort gets their name. We also have Coral Pink Sand Dunes State Park, which is an awesome attraction for people who want to come and ride ATVs. Within two hours of Short Creek, is Zion National Park and the Grand Canyon. And Water Canyon Resort isn't the only new business aiming to attract the tourist dollar. That former Jeff's residence near Old Roy's Vineyard is now Zion's Suites of Hilldale. And on the Arizona side, there's a brewery and new grocery store with an attached beer garden. A small airport in Colorado City is expanding to allow more flights. As businesses change, the government is rushing to catch up. Maha Layton's family was excommunicated from the FLDS church when she was 15. Now she's a member of Hilldale City Council and tasked with creating the town's first ever zoning map and navigating the challenges left over from a time when property was held in trust. The government itself and the community itself is actually in its infancy, you know, where private ownership is relatively new to this community. The new government added a public school and a federal program built a nonprofit health clinic a couple years ago. Layton says she loves the nature-conscious tourists that visit. 
you know, it is great. I love seeing the, you know, the diversity. It's great to meet new people. And I love the type of tourists that we attract. But as a public official, she's cautious. I think we have a critical movement here where there's a tipping point. So you bring all this tourism in, well, we're still, as residents, trying to find our feet. In southern Utah, residents know quite well how tourism can change an area, like the gateway town to Zion National Park. I mean, go to Springdale. It's about tourism. That's what they are, and the residents come second. And FLDS member Bisteline has seen that. The businesses have changed, and they're not owned by the FLDS anymore. And it's, it's really hard to go get a job and work for somebody that you feel like has taken away from you. <laughs> she works at the Short Creek Cottage, a business set up by the nonprofit Voices for Dignity that helps FLDS members with economic and educational opportunities. At the cottage, FLDS members sell baked goods and homemade products to tourists, like jams, travel pillows, and blankets. That's our main source of income now, is tourism. People coming and wanting to buy the homemade things. Voices for Dignity estimates that no more than 15% of Short Creek are still FLDS. More likely still believe in FLDS doctrines, but it's hard to say as the community is in such flux. There's talk of paving a road from Springdale to Hilldale cutting down the trip to Zion National Park to only 20 minutes. That means Short Creek could change a lot more. If it does, I guess we just have to change with the times. And that change will depend on whether tourists respond to the growth Short Creek is experiencing. Justin Higginbottom, KUER News. This piece comes from our partners at KUER. Since the 1990s, hundreds of thousands of people have died in the opioid epidemic. Now, communities from across the U.S. are suing major opioid makers and distributors in one of the biggest federal lawsuits of all time. With our partners at KSJD, Lucas Brady-Woods looks at what that means for one rural county in southwest Colorado. $26 billion over 18 years. According to an announcement made by a group of state attorneys general, that's how much three of the biggest opioid distributors and one of the drug's biggest makers will have to pay American communities. State and local governments across the country sued the opioid distributors plus opioid producer Johnson & Johnson over their role in the opioid epidemic that has claimed almost 500,000 American lives in the last two decades. Colorado is one of the states involved in that lawsuit. And Colorado's Attorney General Phil Weiser says that means Southwest Colorado, including Montezuma County, will be receiving a portion of the settlement. Southwest Colorado has never had a better opportunity to enable inpatient drug treatment, drug recovery, prevention and education efforts than we have right now because of this money. But he also acknowledged that it's more complicated than throwing money at the opioid crisis. He's been visiting communities across the state in order to better understand their particular needs. His office is also setting up a fund to provide support to rural communities that lack infrastructure to address substance abuse issues. This is a unique opportunity. We need to seize it, which means people need to be aware that we have it. People need to be thoughtful and creative. People need to work together to find the best solutions. Weiser says the only way to effectively utilize the settlement funds is to empower local voices. It's going to be up to that region to decide how to spend that money exactly. And they're going to have to set up a governance board of the right sort of individuals to make decisions. Shaq Powers is one of those individuals. He's the county administrator for Montezuma County. He's supportive of the settlement, but also doesn't think the money that actually reaches the county will be enough to make a difference by itself. The amount of money that we're talking about over the time we're talking about, none of us will be able to make an effective impact on our own. 
After the settlement money is spread out over the thousands of communities involved and over the course of 18 years, Powers says Montezuma County is only going to end up getting about $20,000 a year. On top of that, treatment for opioid abuse disorders is expensive, especially in rural areas like southwest Colorado that don't have enough substance abuse resources to begin with. So Montezuma County is considering joining forces with other local governments in the region. One thing that is being discussed is to have all of the local governments pool their resources with the resources that the region as a whole is getting, which would give us just over $3.1 million, and then maybe collectively we can use that to maybe make more of an impact. But Powers is also concerned those impacts could be damaged if all the communities involved can't get on the same page. Another issue is that there are restrictions on how the settlement funds can be used. According to Attorney General Weiser, they can only be applied to addressing opioid abuse specifically. But in Montezuma County, opioids aren't actually the biggest problem when it comes to substance abuse. Stephanie Allred is the clinical director at Access Health System in Cortez. We have individuals in our community who are struggling with opiate use, um, but it's not the only problem. You know, we still have people using methamphetamines and alcohol always as the top of the list. She also says addressing substance abuse disorders is complex. For example, prevention, treatment, and recovery need to all be considered as important parts of the process. How are we going to combine resources to be able to serve our whole population and and not just get stuck solving one part of, of the problem that our community is facing? But she also says at the end of the day, the settlement money will be a positive force in addressing substance abuse in Montezuma County especially since local voices are being empowered in the disbursement process. I'm very hopeful about the structure that's being set up, that it really is being driven locally. They're giving that authority and decision-making to local groups who have good information about what the gaps are, what the needs are. But before any money can be distributed, a number of pieces have to fall into place, according to Attorney General Weiser. Those include distributing thorough guidelines on how the funds can be used and actually bringing together local government groups to manage the funds. For KSJD News and Rocky Mountain Community Radio, I'm Lucas Brady-Woods. This piece comes from our partners at KSJD in Cortez, Colorado. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, July 27th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.